Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show contains strong language, adult themes, and big opinions. This is a Dave original podcast. Welcome back to the Late Night Match Podcast. Yes, we've got one too, with Jeff Norcott and Olga Koch. Statistics tell us that 80% of you will be listening to this while you're supposed to be doing something important. Good for you. This is what's important. You can always have other children. In this show, we take on the biggest culture war battles and play them out in front of your very ears. We now join Olga and Jeff as they tackle one of the greatest issues of our time. Have you seen those word clouds that they do for politicians? It's some of the funniest things you oh, see. Oh, it's in crazy! There. I and love it's it. like you just have like words in front, like like uh, uh, untrustworthy, kind of like uh, uh, flaky, and then the bag will just be twat <laughs> in smaller letters. And I'm going to go. The way people said it, I'm thinking twat was the big word. <laughs> twat, untrustworthy. <laughs> the word clouds for that are hilarious. I don't ever want to know my own word cloud. Of what you say or what people no, say about you? No, I just you? suddenly realised, you know, these these companies, like even, even Dave's had a focus group, the fuck out of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's data somewhere. Mark Zuckerberg has it. Mark Zuckerberg. What, what, do you, what would you like to think was on your word cloud? Again, is it stuff? Oh, that's an incredible question, Jeff. Is it word cloud of things that I have said or things have been said about me? Well, you would like to believe that people, you know, felt about Olga Koch. Too pretty to do comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> just that as a cloud. Just a one sentence word cloud. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, all right. So Can't believe she's not, she's 30. Can't believe it. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I just, you surprised me there by going for both looks based things. I, I thought that would be funny. It is funny. It is funny. <laughs> I, so I, I would go for so many people stop me and go, well, I don't agree with everything you say. That's, that's the start oh, of most sentences okay. I have. So that's what they mean is I fucking hate your opinions, but I do, I don't exactly hate you. So that would be my word cloud. That's how I feel about you. <laughs> yeah, but that's how that that's the base level of which I get in the other side of the comedy fence was was toleration. 
But it is interesting how people think it's a compliment to tell you something like that. Like when yeah. people come up to me and say, I usually don't like female comedians. And yeah. it's like, this is... this. And, I, and I don't. And I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, Has that ever been... Oh, my God. Don't, no, yeah. we shouldn't even put this out there because that is actually quite a spectacular own. We shouldn't be putting something that toxic out there. Because <laughs> if, if a female... Comic, they should arrive at it themselves. They should arrive at it all by their bands. But if a female comic hadn't heard this, you went out I don't know really like comics. And they should go, oh, how many times I heard this? And I don't like you either, so... <laughs> Status quo resumed. <laughs> Question, Pam? You know what we should do, right? So let's just keep this in the thing. Is is sort of insult me, but in a clever way. Every time I do Radio 4, like the things they say about me, I use in my act. There was one which was, um, it looks like a bloke who'd know where to order a skip. So there's another example. The first time, the, the first ever episode of MASH Report went out. You got all these blokes, right? And you you know these fucking guys, right? They go, I'd rather stab myself in the face with a fork. They always think uh. the I'd rather is funny. You go, photos or it didn't happen. Okay, that should be, you, you should be legally compelled. If you say, oh, can you please watch this thing or listen to this podcast? Oh, I would rather grate my balls off with a grater. You're now legally obliged to do that. So don't say shit you don't mean. But, There's a grater on its way to your house. Let's go. Yeah, that's first new post-Brexit law that should have been. Let's take advantage of being outside the EU and let's compel these pricks to follow through. Second thing is, blokes are so like, they think they think that they can go... Yo, well, comedian in vertical stuff that doesn't hurt us because we've got such a ridiculous level of self-belief, it bounces off. But this one woman, she said this thing I'll never forget. She said, um, well, he looked like he was enjoying himself. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately patronising me and and just making me like a guy who'd had bad sex all on his own. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can meet Uh... the bar of that woman, then by all means try. It can be words or even little phrases. Dilute the word cloud. Jeff's kind of passive-aggressive word cloud. Should women be paid the same for participation in sport? Is it sport, Andy, tennis, or just in tennis in particular? Now, it's one of these ones where I feel like I've got to tread a bit carefully, you know what I mean? Women stuff here, you know? I, but I'm interested in, Olga, your thoughts on this matter. Yes, I do. Okay, well, thanks for joining us on Late Night. <laughs> so I'm definitely not going to say what I think. Please tell me what you think. Well, I, look, I mean, there is this thing in tennis which is unusual compared to other sports is that tennis is played over a longer duration by the men. You know, it's played five sets, best of five sets with the men, best of three sets with the women, you know. Football, all the, I, don't, I don't think there's any other sports where that happens. So there is an issue. Well, apart from parenting. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah. the other way around. I just, uh, just imagine my sister. My sister? I met my wife there. I come well, from, I come from my a, sister. I, I come from a small town. Um, but, yeah, there is this duration thing. Like, I think most people understand that you do a thing for an amount of time and you, part of that is, is the, the, the extent of the endeavour, right? Why do women play it less? Why do they play for less time? That's a good question. I don't know. And I mean, it, originally, probably because of something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they had to actually, yeah, the extra, yeah. the extra time back in the day was, I was going to say, no, say it. for lobotomies. I don't, that's not, <laughs> you got to have one game is for lo- lobotomies. <laughs> so I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if I have a female tennis player right now, I would, this is what I would say. I want to be paid the same. And, yeah. they, and they say, do you want to play two more sets? And the fuck no. Of course you would. Like, why would you want to do that? So it's maybe it's about, I don't know who their trade union rep is, right? Maybe they've got old Mick Lynch on the job. But it's like as a female, as mm. a female 
tennis player, you can ask for more money. Mm. I don't know if you feel like you can change the whole game. What so I, what you want to do is affect what you can change, which is you can ask for more money for you. But does, does the duration element, does that not matter no, to you? Because that's not what, what you're paid for. You don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like you. that's what you're paid for. Because then if we're going into time on court, then it's like, should football players be paid per minute that they set that they spend on the pitch and sometimes they get tagged into the game later on or for the past last tagged two minutes i don't know what the hell then but it's like sometimes a, a, a player will yeah, be like yeah. on on the pitch for two minutes but yeah, he gets paid extra the time same. And, and injury time i suppose what, so what we're talking about is what is the a, maximum is so you're saying it's a best of three or five sets i just feel like time is a very arbitrary measurement but, the, but then in most of the hourly rate so you know that would make sense to, to most people i'm just thinking about how you pitch this to a broad audience I had a tangential thought here. You know, and I'm growing as a person sometimes. Make men play less. Boom. Yeah. And then free lobotomies. Free lobotomies for some men. Some men. Some men. My understanding is that they are paid as athletes more or less the same mm. in tennis. Is this correct, Andy? And the difference is in sponsorships. Ah, right. And so I don't think sponsorships have much to do with how much time you're spending on court. No, I would absolutely agree with that. And I'm just at a guess. I'm going to say Serena Williams has done okay out of sponsorship. Um, I have stats for this. Don't sound surprised at yourself, Andy. I've got stats. <laughs> um, so Roger Federer, obviously, mm. um, by far the top of the pile. Well, even for sponsorship as well? For sponsorship. And compared to Serena? Yep. And then Nadal, according to this website, on about 80 million. And then the men sort of tail off from mm. there uh, uh -huh. down to... About ten million in the sort of top fifty, okay. right. and then in the women's, it's um, the very top player at around fifty million is a lady called Naomi Osaka. Yeah, yeah, Naomi Osaka, and then second most is Serena Williams, and uh, then it tails off down to a hundred thousand, and it tails off quickly. So they're putting a, so they're putting a number of what they think that's worth in terms of public eye. Wait, are we talking sponsorships like Federer selling a razor or sponsorships Nike paying for him to wear it? A mixture. Mm. For example, Naomi Osaka's sponsorships are Workday, Tag Heuer, Louis Vuitton, that sort of thing. She's selling gender neutral products. She's not selling, she's not selling perfume like Ariana Grande. So I do wonder mm. if because tennis's demo is male, our advertisers like, oh, well, like, young girls aren't watching this, so we, we don't uh, care yeah, about yeah, you yeah, selling yeah. it. Does that yeah. make sense? What I'm, it I'm does. And there, I feel, but then there's another dimension which might commute, uh, complicate this in terms of male sponsorship, is that the stuff that they tend to endorse is also bought by women for maybe their sons or, or their husbands. And that and it's not an old sexist thing. That is still like consumer habits. Best gifts for dad, best number five. Best <laughs> gifts, uh, yeah, the page three would be uh, the new link sent page. That's always page one, let's be honest. That's uh. not like. So so that kind of complicates it as well because all those things that those guys are wearing, you know, just shaving their fucking jaw that looks like it could cut open a watermelon, right? I mean, that is, if you're good at sport and you've got a great jaw, see you at the bank. Do you know what I mean? If you've got, if you've got a, like a really, no, who's that guy, the, the quarterback for the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and just literally looks like, you know, like the really hot guy in a high school film who's yeah. also quite sweet. You, I know, I know what Tom Brady looks like. You know like. Tom Brady, right? Because he's married to Giselle Bundchen and that makes it relevant to me. <laughs> this is, look, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? You're coming out from, I'm coming out of sport, you're coming out from celebrity. We are reinforcing toxic 
stereotypes here. I think it's actually I'm I'm circled back and it's like ironic mm. that, I, that I know everything there is to know about celebrities. I do, I do know a lot about celebrity. Can I just confess again? And this seems to be what I'm here to do. I love reality TV. Love oh my god, it. what kind? Oh, I mean, I, below deck selling sunset. Right. Talk to me. You do, below Island? deck. Well, can we? Which series? Which series? Which series? Which series? <laughs> <laughs> you know the first European one with Hannah. Okay, I have not seen Below Deck. Oh my god! Just see talk gender to me, stereotypes. Talk to me when you have a view on Hannah, because I just I don't even know where to begin with that girl. I don't know what I feel about her, you know. But she's no Kate. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> my guess is this is my guess that advertisers come to sport and they say men watch sport, so we need to target and sponsor athletes who can help us sell products to men. Yeah. And so even women in sports are still watched by men and they are to advertisers less valuable mm. than men. So that explains sports. the sponsorship. That is my guess. And so the issue lies, yes, I want women to be more sponsored and sponsored at a higher price, 100%. But I think the issue there isn't just advertisers pay more to women. I think let's get more women watching sports. Let's get more women watching sports. I think that makes a lot of sense in the sponsorship thing, which leaves us with the the question about participation in tennis. The problem I've realised, right, and why this is a hard argument to make, because if you set aside the logic, the hours worked, I'm essentially saying I think women should be paid less. That's the heart of this thing. That's what makes it difficult for me as an argument to make that argument. Because I think that there's a logical reason in tennis. Because of time. Because of time. But we're talking about sponsorship. No, we're but, not even talking but, about salaries. But the question was about the participation, so like prize money and stuff. So in terms of the actual, I, I absolutely take your point about sponsorship. In terms of the, in terms of the prize money, I just think either is either. Here's the thing, right? So it's all about equality, right? One of two things needs to happen: men play less or women play more. It'd be weird if if neither of those things happened. I think. But yeah, like I have a kind of linear, a linear mind on it. I, I just think at the very least, it's a slight oddity that they play such different amounts. And I bet you any money, right? Okay, so I bet you any money, you just have a, a kind of fly on the wall in the men's locker. How many times they go, oh, don't fuck it. Like, how many, they'd never say this in public, right? And obviously the women's thing, don't ever fucking agree to play five games. Because why would you? Why would you change the terms of your employment? Yeah, Jeff, unpopular opinion for me, I'm protecting the status quo and let's just keep it the way that it is, which no, is no. women and men get paid the same. No, you don't get to do those two things in one go. You No, Andy, no. Can we re-record this bit where that didn't happen? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We've got an obesity problem in this country and there's low levels of female participation in sport. That's a fact. That's a fact. Don't this no this is not no no this is a fact this is a fact there's low levels of female compared to other european countries there's low levels of female participation so i think anything that gets women watching and playing sport is a great thing i disagree that obesity is an issue i can't win see well you did just bring in a previous fight so you brought another point from another episode i agree that more women in sport watching sport is good because sport is awesome you heard it here first. Sport is awesome. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Jeff. Olga, I need your advice. I'm Kubrich McLean. I'm a stand-up comedian and vegan, a.k.a. better than you. And I want you to solve a moral, political, economic question for me. I am the daughter of a farmer, but I'm also a vegan. Should everybody become vegan? Because if not, I've given up bacon for no reason. And I'm a daughter of a priest, and that's why I fuck so much. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look at the social progressive thing of like, what can Kiri do in her life to to uh, atone for all that slaughter? You know, what what a burden that she carries forward. No wonder she's a vegan. But also it's the ultimate rebellion from your farmer father, isn't it? To not eat meat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she, I guess, I, I, I immediately think that Kiri shouldn't feel, you know, but I, that's not how I see the world, you know. Her dad chose to be a farmer, okay. She's she's doing she's doing her bit. But then again, she doesn't want her dad to not have any business. That is tricky. But arguably, I would think that, you know how people turn vegan because they, like, see a documentary about how the sausage is made. And I think mm. arguably being so close to the process would drive you to be vegan more so than if you're completely removed from it entirely. Like she's seen the murder happen. She's seen the slaughter. I mean, like, isn't isn't there a thing that a lot of vets, like vets that work in the farming trade, are not vegetarian? So there's something weird about being in and around it. They see the whole kind of circle of like, uh, yeah, that could have just been put out by the meat board, you know, even as I'm saying, you know, one of those little factoids. Everything you're saying yeah. is so funny because the first thing that I heard when you say vet, I thought army veterans as opposed to veterinarians. <laughs> And then when you said meat board, I'm like, like a charcuterie platter. <laughs> <laughs> don't, bring, bring, don't bring out the meat board, Jeff. <laughs> it's too early. But yeah. What Kiri's ultimately wondering about is whether everyone should be vegan. What do you think about veganism, Jeff? I look fairly open-minded on this one. Hmm. But what's the benefit? Like if everyone was vegan, I get like more vegan people. But what, what is the benefit? Is it something to do with carbon and... Not killing loads of animals. I guess that would be a big part of it from Sarah's point of view, probably. I think climate change, right? Climate change. So animals fart a lot. Yeah. <laughs> methane, baby. So methane. So if we had less animals farting, 
It feels bad to blame it. I feel like we're blaming animals. Well, just like in the fossil fuel and water waste that goes into farming animals. But also calories per square inch of meat. But how do we we feel about lab-grown meat and um, (sighs) synthetic uh, proteins and things like that? Like Beyond Meat Burger. Fucking rank. Like yeah, the idea. Tried it. Why is it? Yeah, the, but the idea is so rank. I it don't is know disgusting. Why. Because my, my brain goes straight from a weird chunk of chicken in a thing to Skynet becomes self aware. Right? St- like li- nothing in between that. And it's not even robot. Not only is it synthetic chicken, the chicken is evil. The chicken is evil. Ro- <laughs> robot chicken taking over the world. So I, I'm kind of against that. But weirdly, and this is a thing, is there a lot of vegans that won't eat like the synthetic lab grown meat as well? Yeah. That I just don't like the fucking taste, I guess. I think I've I've tried Beyond Meat Burger, and mm. as far as burgers go, I think I've sort of wrapped my head around it. Mm. But it is a very uncanny idea, especially mm. when you see videos of them like taking tempeh or tofu and then like molding it to look like chicken legs. It's so creepy. Yeah, and and also you know, for someone like me, if I'm in one of these places going, it ain't right, it ain't what nature intended. Goes against God. They're like, how much you believe in God? 20%. And I know you said, (laughs) or she would have said something about this. This is fucking disgusting. I mean, God would say that about like a double, double down uh, KFC thing as well, where the bun is two pieces of chicken. Let me tell you, Olga, Olga, um, God has never been tired and on a drive back from a tour show. (laughs) Oh, you love a KFC. Sorry, I forget. Have you ever had a double down? Uh, no, my, my KFC thing is, is quite modest now. It's more about telling my brain I've had KFC. The ritual of and it. I fucking undermine my argument again because that's an argument for substitute meat chicken, isn't it? It's more about, I can't believe like I so squarely, uh, it's more about telling my mind I've done something than actually doing it. Yes. Fuck. Right. So essentially we need to just invest into technology that will press the meat button in our head. Press the meat button in your head. I don't know if that should be the slogan for since they press the press the meat button in your head today and <laughs> eat fake meat. Fake meat? It's probably called feet. Young people love it. <laughs> they love putting words together, don't they? Like fake. Young people do love feet. That's all I'm gonna say. They they love you know, is this another pervy millennial? What's thing? pervy about feet? Uh feet's been feet been around for fungal infections, fat they're always on the floor. Wash your feet, Jeff. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. I'll shout twice once a day. Well, that's bad for the planet. Okay, so, I mean, I guess the, the meat argument is separate from the veganism argument because you could be vegan without eating mm. fake meat. And there yeah. are cultures who are vegan by design who just culturally and historically don't eat meat. There are. And they don't need to replace the meat because they didn't have meat to begin with. And yeah. it is possible to survive without it. So do you think we should ultimately be gearing towards a plant-based diet for the benefit of the environment. My emotion says, no, stop it. Because baby wants KFC. Yeah. And, baby and wants I feel, yummy, I'm chick chick. I feel like, it, and if I'm honest, and again, these are two bits of my brain, there's this bit going, you, you, something's changing. They're taking over. They're, they're try, yeah. trying to stop me being me. So, and, but then also, this is, here's the thing that I think about me with men, which is funny, is men, there's a certain kind of so defensive about Meat eating, it's weird. It is a bloke thing, isn't it? Like they defend their right to have meat. And they they sometimes reject meat substitutes with a passion that almost sounds like homophobia. You know what I mean? Like, don't bring that fucking yeah, shit yeah, me. Yeah. Don't bring that fucking shit me. And I you go, you know what, Steve? I think you might be secretly vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just look, man. You are you. Eat the vegan stuff. We've all tried a Linda McCartney. 
Look, if you go to an all vegan boarding mm. school as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't be changed by that? Or not changed, you're born that way. I don't know. Tell me the right opinion, please. I don't know what the right opinion is. I mm. just think that we do. My understanding yeah. is that farming, especially animal farming, mm. in the state that it is today, is extremely harmful towards the planet. So I okay. feel like there are probably models in which we have more like small scale farms and eat less mm -hmm. meat less or eat meat, meat yeah. in a more sustainable way or choose meats that are more sustainable if chicken or fish is more sustainable than beef. That there is a way to do it to, to scale down. And not have, like, no fun or joy left in your life. Yeah. There's that. I mean, obviously... You know, but I don't eat meat, so I mm. don't... It's not that I, I'm going to miss meat personally. I, I mean, one thing I think about sometimes is that the meat industry has allowed so many animals to live that wouldn't have otherwise lived. What? Well, they would, we wouldn't have made as many. There would have hardly been any cows in history. Would there? I mean, so they we, should be grateful for being alive. So then we can kill them. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm not saying they should be grateful that to be is, alive. Honestly, even for you, that is a wild argument. <laughs> but the, the, we, I mean, a cat, right. I'm just, Better the, to have loved and lost yeah, than to not go, loved at all. And I'm not talking about the ones that are in the back, like the horrible. I'm, I'm talking about the free range fuckers, right? Those guys. The ones that frolic and sing. They, in my mind, From yes. Babe, yeah. the, the movie. Those guys, right. So those guys, they get to live a bit. And what's this? I don't normally go into this room. And then lights out. Right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the cuts of meat on a cow, like the map of it? Yes. I it have. looks like a theme park. Because that's an Etsy poster that is recommended for gifts for men, gifts for dad, and gifts for boyfriend if you search. So it's weird, isn't it? This connection, like eating meat is somehow more manly. Yeah. It's, I, I swear, mm. every holiday season, I get go into a panic and I start Googling best gifts for dad. Yeah. And without fail, on like, Number 11, it will be like a huge poster of cuts of meat. So what you've done, you've just a slight sidebar here, but I think there's a modern thing where, you know, when you go gifts for 55-year-old yeah, woman, yeah. gifts for, right, which we all do now, you've gone 11 on the page because you don't want to be detected as <laughs> yeah, a lazy gifter. Yeah, you don't want to be like obvious. Yeah, so I'd say the first page is showing nine results. Yeah. You, you haven't gone for the first one on page no, no, two. No, You've gone for 11. <laughs> and they fucking, I bet they know that as well. Uh, I think what an argument that we haven't addressed about veganism is it being animal cruelty. Because I think originally mm. when we started talking about veganism as a society, when it gained traction, it was more of a like we should stop torturing animals. Yeah. And that I guess more a vegetarianism argument. And mm. then veganism now more has more to do with climate than mm. animal cruelty. What do you think? And from my point of view... I was like, when I hear that argument, I'm like, but that doesn't sound enough about me. Yeah. So I'm like, but what about my fun, the things that I eat out on the road? How I think we just need to increase stuff that is coincidentally vegan. Like Oreos yeah. are vegan. You don't know that. You don't think about they it. They taste vegan. Do they? Now you said it explains a lot. Okay. But I just think that... Do you have a jelly baby without gelatin in? But I'm, what I'm saying yeah. is what we need to do is just pump a bunch of money into making food technology so that all this stuff is just coincidentally vegan. And when it comes to plant, when it comes to meat-based products or animal products, mm. it's just meat itself. There are some things, and this is one of my problems with vegans as well, is that they lie. So they say, this is just as good as milk. And you go, it's reminiscent of milk. It alludes to the concept of milk. Right. 
the functionality. It's in the space where milk might be. And you go, if you're honest with people, they go, look, man, this is a compromise. I mean, that could be the milk thing. <laughs> look, man, this is a compromise. That's really, really good marketing. The, the whole <laughs> the KFC vegan burger. Yeah. I can't o- believe you've tried it. It's okay, man. So I found that challenging. And you would think probably... Why did you try it? Because I, I'm not, despite what you might think, I'm not completely closed-minded, right? So Interesting. I'm, I mean, this is funny that my cultural journey distills down to a different choice at KFC. But that's me. That's Baby my... Baby steps. That's my... <laughs> this is my journey. So I was like, I'm going to give this a go. But it was very peppery. And I thought they, they're trying to cover over something with that. Mm. It's more peppery than the usual. They love like drowning it in liquid smoke as well. Mm. Every time you eat a vegan burger, it's like you're eating a grill, the grill itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, like, like Heston Blumenthal dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. got out of the thing. So could we put a number on like the compromise that a guy like me might make to, to change? Mm-hmm. Like a reduction in quality that I could live with, a, yeah. A percentage. You, yeah. I, th- I think it, it's a, it's a gradual process where you do like a meatless Monday, mm. and then you you compromise on like you'll replace some animal products. Seven percent. Seven percent. Yeah, I would. I would. I would um, take a reduction in overall. Co- How much meat are you eating? Okay, let's walk yeah. through your day. Yeah. So breakfast, do you do a breakfast meat? No, I don't because no I sausage, just, no bacon. No, no. Well, I try. I try not to unless it's like a Saturday or a special event or a holiday. We're doing toast. We're doing eggs. Talk there are no me. cereal, cereal and stuff. You know, um, I, I, my, my, my breakfast situation is quite good. Lunch okay. is where the problems start. Talk to me. <laughs> I love ham at lunch. Have you ever had something that's never got old for you? Ham and cheese sandwich at lunch. It's never got old. You for are me. a child. Yeah. That is adorable. Ham and cheese sandwich, cheese and onion crisps, and a diet coke has never got old for me. So you know, like we do, we're lucky enough in this job. We do the odd TV thing, and yeah, know, well, certainly in the old days, I used to have a budget for lunch. And I said, "Well, what do you want?" They go, "Then I have to pretend that I'm considering Wegmans." <laughs> 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 and it's uh, and fucking Chipotle or wherever these places are. And I go, "Oh, you know what? It's probably a lot of hassle. Why don't I just get the ham and cheese again?" That's again. so sweet. Oh my God, I'm sounding like fucking Victor Meldry. I thought I was cool too. I started doing this podcast. <laughs> I genuinely did. Um, and you have meat for dinner. Uh, most days, yeah. Could you replace it with fish at any point? Yeah, I, I, I like a bit of fish. Do you know, I'll tell you another sad story. Do you know the McPlant burger? Yeah. It's fine. It's all right. It's, not, okay. it's, not, it's, it's no KFC vegan, but um, the McPlant burger, I I had it and was like, that's all right. And then I got some chicken nuggets because I didn't feel full inside. <gasps> oh. okay. And I don't mean like full full, I mean emotionally full. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? I th- I think you have some sort of psychological um, attachment to chicken, is what I'm hearing. The process of doing this podcast made me realize I haven't seen my counselor for two years, <laughs> and I have a very soothing voice. You do. I'm just admitting stuff. First of all, what I've realized mm. is neither of us are particularly passionate about veganism, no, one way or another. No, no. I, I I call them bullshit on both sides, and increasingly, the meat militants are starting to piss me off. Because they're acting like their way of life's under threat, and it's just not. It isn't. Not no, at all. Not really. Not even a little bit. Yeah. I'd say in a perfect world, no. I'd say realistically, this is going to be a gradual process where the food technology will get to a point where the substitutes will get, will start tasting better. Mm. Fingers crossed. And so we'll also have a lot of products that just are, by default, plant-based. Mm-hmm. And then... 
hopefully this means like industry level farming yeah. will can diminish. One thing about vegan burgers, mm. they really stay with you throughout the day. <laughs> like they, it's 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 a heartburn. It's a yeah. It's they just reside in your throat in a way that they. The, the the liquid smoke it permeates. I don't, I don't think anyone's supposed to compress pulses that much. <laughs> like if you think about what, like hey, put, you get like a fucking handful of lentils, throw them in the water, right? Cook that up. That's, oh, there's a lot more lentils there than I thought. Now you apply it to most bean burgers. That's oh. doing that when it's inside your stomach. I want to fart up a storm. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Okay, cultural exchange. What I think is great about your people and your generation is the fact that you can unironically smoke shisha. You do it really well. I don't know if I have since I was 16. Um, I mean, that, but that, there was not, nothing ironic about it. That was, see, that kind of proves my point. At the age of 16, you were smoking shisha. I didn't even know that was a thing till I had kids. And they started smoking and shisha. And they started smoking. You walked in on them smoking <laughs> yeah. shisha. Yeah, and I made them smoke the whole hooker. <laughs> I do sometimes envy when men use meat culture in place of a personality. That's it. That just felt that didn't feel like a positive thing. Yes, yeah, so I think it's just cool. Like if yeah. if I come over to your, to your house and you tell me, show me your grilling setup and all your forks and meat thermometers yeah. and your little apron yeah. and your your little rubs and spices and marinades, I just feel like there's there's a lot of. It's care. funny, isn't it? Because the very last few things there don't sound super masculine, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Come see my rub, lad. Do you want to see my rubs, my spices, and my <laughs> marinades? Another thing that I, I love about being a meat eater is when you go, when a guy goes blood rare and then looks around the room to see, <laughs> and you go, fuck off, Craig, you didn't catch it. Do you know what I mean? Are you, are you worth uh, the council? No fork, hold the fork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold the fork. That's funny. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tune in to Late Night Mash, the TV show on Dave at 10 p.m. Thursdays. You can also stream it for free on UK TV Play if you're young and hip like me. Olga Kaw. I'm not that old. I've streamed stuff. Documentaries about the war. So what if it was? And you know what? Even if you haven't enjoyed the podcast, tune into the show. A hell of a lot more money spent on a TV show. Yeah, the TV show is not filmed in a seedy hotel room, for instance. And I wish it were. Each week, our new host, Rachel Paris, is joined by a load of funny correspondents and a special guest, all giving their expert analysis on this week's news and everything else interesting going on in the world of culture, society, and showbiz. Jeff Norcott's on it sometimes. I'm on it. And we're funny, right? Right? Right. You're great, Olga. We're good together, actually. We could become a powerful double act, like Benefer. We could call ourselves Norcock. Jeffka? Maybe. Late Night Mash, Thursdays at 10 on Dave and streaming on UK TV Play. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. Bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favourite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity. 
in a competition to see who can raise the most money. It's a right laugh as we get to meet amazing funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Rhea Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh and lots more. But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. <laughs> it's bonkers. Hard sell with Josh Jones and Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.